he's in the bunk and I'm in the back. I got like, I got Steve's clothes dripping on me from last night, which is nice. I used to microwave wet shirts to get them to steam out. And my band, as you can imagine, were fucking horrified by it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 200 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And this podcast will have you applying permanent eyeshadow as we dive into love songs from a broken land. I think that works. I, I don't know. I kind of zoned out. I was trying to work them all out. I you know. I know where the songs are. Like I know the song. Like the songs you've used. But does it work? I don't know. Anyway, this week's guests are the legends and returning guests. They've both been on separately, and now they are back together. And it makes me happier than ever. Jeff Rickley and Stuart Richardson of No Devotion and Thursday. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. But first off, who would have thought we get to 200 weekly episodes in a row? Not me. Well done to us, <laughs> if anything. Congratulations, that, yes. That's a milestone I'm super chuffed with. No breaks. We've stuck to it and entering the 200th era of the podcast. And to celebrate, we are blessed to be joined by two of the most important guests in our history, and the band so close to our hearts. No Devotion, born out of the ashes of Lost Prophets and Thursday, was created as a project for all of them to express themselves in the personal outlet with no musical boundaries and to move on. They released their award-winning debut, Permanence, in 2015, and now after seven long years of label trouble, life, and the world setting on fire, they're finally back with their second full-length album, No Oblivion, that dropped earlier this week. It is so good to see Jeff, Stu, and Lee together making music again. And these are three individuals that have impacted so many lives in the scene, within the industry, and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, that's for sure. Not at all. Not at all. This is the thing. You don't even have to like Thursday or you didn't even have to have liked Lost Profits. 
to see the footprint they left in today's music, um, influencing bands such as Bring Me the Horizon, who are probably Britain's biggest metal band. All of the bands, like, like our good one, you know, Kids of Glass Houses, Don Broco. There's so, so many. So for them to come back, talk to us, and get to release new music after everything that's gone on with them, because they have had as much bad luck as the blackout at this point, I think, the poor <laughs> bastards. Um, but yes, it was so fucking good to reconnect again with Jeff and Stu. Yeah, what a great chat. It was funny in times. It was serious. We nearly do a little bit of a cry at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for tears. I, well, there's not tears. You know, you can't. Sobbing onto the mic. <laughs> trips, <laughs> trips but yes, it was great to have him back. Check out No Oblivion. What a brilliant, brilliant album. Listen to headphones. Wear headphones or listen, listen to it on headphones. Wherever you can. It's a fucking sonically brilliant album and it's it's magic it's absolute fucking magic and i don't say that about many records so no no you, you really don't but i thought this is the perfect way for us to celebrate a special milestone and a band that we owe so much to personally we've grown up on their music and their individual bands but i just want to say quickly as well that both jeff and Stu have had massive impacts on my career as a journalist back in 2014 Jeff came on to the radio station I worked for at the time and gave me an interview and told me a lot of things that he shouldn't have before No Devotion started <laughs> about the band that blew up and really helped my career. And then obviously, Stu appeared on the podcast for episode 54, and that's probably our most famous, is definitely our most downloaded episode and something that really helped us connect with a lot of people uh, in doing as well. So um, yeah, it's just great to have them back on for, for this. Yeah, after you said all that, no, I um, I just realized I regret thanking Jeff for everything because um, if it wasn't for Jeff, maybe we wouldn't be doing this together. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, that's on you, you bastard. But yes, let us know your thoughts on this podcast at Sapping Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and fucking TikTok if you want to, but it's pointless looking at TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, please check out the other episodes we did with Jeff and Stu, episode 54. Like Morgan said, they are very, very informative and they go deep and dark into their own separate worlds. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. There's a whole load of different things to choose from on there and every penny goes back to helping us keep this podcast going and alive. Yes, it's the best way, honestly, to support us. The community of people that who have signed up and embrace each other, interact with each other is mind-blowing and it helps us really continue to make this podcast each and every week. But let's get straight into this. On this episode, we're going to be talking about everything, the behind-the-scenes secrets behind No Devotion's hiatus and songwriting. We talk Lost Prophet. We talk Thursday, My Chemical Romance, continuing as a three-piece without Jamie and Mike. How Permanence was almost a one-and-done, winning a Kerrang! Award, how they originally met, and stupid tour stories to make us laugh in between. So without any further ado, this is episode 200 of Sapnin Podcast with no devotion. Sapnin! Sapnin! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sapnin! 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 Yes! This week we are joined by Stuart Richardson and Jeff Rickley of No Devotion and Together Sometimes Thursday. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing great. We're in Milwaukee right now. Jeff chilling in his bunk. I sure am. Before we got started, um, I noticed that, yeah, you, you both look like you're in a bus, but they look like separate buses, but it turns out you're just separately sitting in different places. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, we didn't want any of that weird feedback thing going on, you know? Clever. clever. I thought there was some sort of weird tension going on then that we didn't know about. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Always. Well, always a weird tension. Yeah, always weird tension. No, it's just uh, we're in Machine Gun Kelly's bus. Oh, really? Yeah. It's hot pink. It's hot pink. We got it after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, they, wow. they, okay. They, they painted over the things that were painted on the side of the bus. <laughs> Instead of Machine Gun Kelly's head, now you've just got a big black circle like you did in the, uh, in the video, in Repeater's that's video. It, that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not a bad idea. That. Oh, such Look a good at idea. Look at you. Unbelievable. But yeah, how's things? How's tour going? How's life? It gets real quiet. he asked about life (laughs) he asked about life and now we're contemplating the bleakness no i'm just kidding (laughs) no life's good man tour is amazing i mean we're on tour you know we're on tour with my chemical romance right now we're playing arenas i think you i don't know you might know how this is you play an arena and you kind of know what to expect which is that people are getting a soft pretzel and they do not give a fuck about you they don't care at all right that's like that's what playing an arena is and somehow we're out here winning crowds over like the whole fucking arena by the end of the night, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's the only time I've ever done that before. So I feel it's really surreal to be honest. It's not even like, I guess it's thrilling, but even more so it's like, man, this is 25 years into this band 
are we going to start winning people over in the arena now? That's a really <laughs> weird feeling. <laughs> yeah. I noticed, I noticed that my Chemical Romance fans are possibly the most accepting crowd I've ever come across in my life. For sure, yeah. I was lucky enough to tour with them like 12 years ago and they, they as people, were absolutely wonderful to us. One of the nicest bands that ever took us on tour. But then their crowd was so accepting and lovely and they didn't care that I was, you know, over the top being a knob. They accepted it and they loved it. And yeah, what, 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 a, what a great crowd created by great people. Yes. Yeah. Great people. It's tour so far has been amazing. They're so accommodating and yeah, it's so cool. And obviously Jeff goes way back with them. So it's been a fucking great tour. Nice. Well, it's, it's lovely to see that both of you are just uh, enjoying life on tour and stuff again, but I'm sure it's kind of such a busy time internally for you both kind of juggling two bands at the moment, being so busy with Thursday, but also preparing for this new No Devotion record. How is that just kind of being for the two of you, just kind of being out on the road so much, but also I'm sure the two of you have kind of kind of had secret meetings away from Thursday to work on No Devotion things? It's kind of a nightmare, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, how do I spin this to some positive? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a nightmare. No, it, it's cool, man. I mean, it's like you can't, you know, I love being here with Stu and I love being with all the Thursday guys. And I love like the surprise, like kind of resurgence of Thursday that's been so, so beautiful. And I also have worked like so hard on the shortest record that I've ever put out. I've, I've put more of myself into this record than I think I've ever put anywhere before and to be on tour with a different band when this is like momentous, like for me and my personal life, this momentous like piece of my heart comes out and I'm not playing these songs. It's so weird, right? It feels very surreal, but, but it's interesting because like the other Thursday guys have a band called LS Dunes and they're out doing stuff too. And so it's almost just like, I just wish that no devotion, like, like we didn't have to fly you know, it's like either we have to fly two of the members to London or we have to fly one of the members to the States. So it's just like a little bit more challenging. And, um, you know, I think we'll probably in general play a little less than any of our other bands, which means we really have to make it count when we do play and really have to pull out all the stops. And so that's just kind of what we've been thinking about is like, no matter what happens with this No Devotion record, you know, because it is a dark record. It's not like full of bangers. It's like very much for a certain kind of person. But it's really special to us. So we have to figure out how to honor that and make that come across, you know, and it's just a different challenge, you know. But that also then, like, well, are you saying you're doing your, le- you're going to do potentially less shows with no devotion? That means everybody listening needs to fucking be at the shows when they happen. <laughs> 100%. Because we ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you got one fucking shot, you pricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. No, it's like Jefferson, it, it's, this band is kind of out of the comfort zone for a lot of people, you know, and it's for us even, you know, like how to present live. Usually you open with a big, heavy song, you jump around for a bit. You know what I mean? You kind of know the rules a little bit with this band. It's more of a considered slow burn. People really have to be along for the ride and really have to kind of be willing to be a part of it all. So we're, you know, we're trying to make sure we present that in the best way possible, you know? So we're trying to think of like how to do shows which are not just typical rock shows. I think a lot of people are maybe expecting that from this record. This record is kind of 
kind of fragmented and kind of weird, I guess. To me, it's not, but like to, you know, some people, they find this record kind of weird. And because uh, we, 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 we were more about like a mood on this record, like keeping a solid mood all the way through the record was more important to us than filling our quota of like, well, we got to have a slow song, got to have a fast song, got to have a banger. It was like, we'll just, we'll just do whatever feels right. And then when we had enough, you know, enough of a collection of a record, kind of, it all kind of slotted in. Yeah, after everything we've been through, I think we just decided to, to, to stake our claim on the piece of the, of the outer space that, like, is where our heart comes from. And so, like, kind of fuck the consequences, just like, this is who we are. Maybe the next record will put a bunch of bangers on again or whatever. But, like, right now, we're just going to let people know, like, this is who we are. Hmm. Like, take it or leave it, you know? Yeah, because I don't want to use the term passion album, but obviously you've spent so much time on the second No Devotion record, No Oblivion. I mean, I'm sure the two of you have been fed up of people constantly asking, when was it going to come out? What's going on with the band for the last couple of years? But with just kind of everything going on in life and just behind the scenes, I'm sure that a big part of you is so glad that these songs are finally coming out now. And because you have really spent a lot of time and a lot of external thoughts on it. It's a weird, yeah, okay, I'll tell you something weird, which is like, yeah, I'm glad that people are going to hear it, right? Of course. You make music for people to hear it. But having, this record's been almost done for two years. We just didn't want to put it out during the pandemic, right? So it's been done. It's been done. And it's been so amazing to have a record. It was just mine. It meant so much to me. That like I feel like this record justified a lot of things that I've been try- trying to show people for a long time. You know, in Thursday, like there's been years and years of people calling me like Tone Jeff and saying I don't know how to sing in key and stuff. And it's like, no, I was trying to do what was right for Thursday. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that I, I'm an idiot and I don't know music and I don't know how to sing. Like I'm just being myself in different projects. And so like having this record has meant so much to me. It's like, no, I know how to, I know you don't think I know what I'm doing, but I actually do know what I'm doing. And there's a, there's a part of me that's just really glad to have this record for me. This was from like, for me, for the last two years, I've, whenever I've been in like a self doubt phase or a, like this or that, I could go listen to this record and think like, ah, oh, this is when I was a kid, this is the kind of music I dreamed of before I like, before Thursday kind of invented what we were doing which kind of came out of nowhere. So I couldn't dream of being in that kind of a band. This is the kind of stuff that I loved. You know what I mean? I love The Cure. I love Nine Inch Nails. I love Bauhaus. I love, you know, it's like all these dark bands, you know, Nick Cave, PJ Harvey, like these were my people. Port, you know, Portishead, Bjork, like I could go on and on and on. DJ Shadow, like that's the kind of stuff I wanted to make. And then I sort of took this left turn because like my social situation in college meant that like we were all just trying to break the rules and find something new that had never been done before. And then we ended up with, with Thursday, but like, this was kind of cool that I got to have this little personal artifact of what, what I always dreamed of making and nobody else could tell me what they thought of it. I just knew what I loved about it. That was really beautiful. So yes, I'm glad it's coming up. Of course I am. And I, I want to share it and I want to have moments with people. I want to connect with them. But for a little bit, it was nice to have it not out. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. But Stu, from your point of view, and I'm, I'm sure with Lee as well, how has it been kind of the other side of it in terms of production and writing the nitty gritty musical elements of this? Me and Lee have always kind of collaborated in a way that send each other, to, send each other like riffs and things and building on things like that. You know, like we usually have 
a somewhat completed song. I think in 2018, we got together for two weeks and we finished this whole record. That was it, basically. And then we kind of, then life just got busy and we didn't have time to finish it. Then the pandemic happened. You know what I mean? And we kind of finished it over the pandemic. But it's, it's, it's such like a very easy process to write no devotion stuff. Because like Jeff said, this is, this is who we are. You know, this is, this is like, it's, you know, our story parallels Jeff's story so much. It's like, I love to do, you know, I love the old band I was in and I'm proud of what we did. And I, you know, super proud of everything, but it's not exactly who I was hundred percent, you know, and we would try and show ourselves in our music, but it didn't fit for, for me now doing this as a kid who kind of grew up on David Bowie and everything like that, this feels a lot more kind of personal and true to my, my own aesthetic and Lee's the same too. Like he was always wearing like cute t-shirts and you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what we grew up with. So this is like a, kind of like a nice safe place for us which is sucks because it's so depressing because it's so depressing <laughs> 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 you know, it reminds me of way being back home in Wales you know <laughs> well, there we go where some of us are stuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think any of us are winning right now you're okay <laughs> <laughs> but anyway it's, it's so interesting to hear you say that though and I'm sure like obviously the two of you have been in so many mad bands and projects and stuff before but like i'm sure there's been always that kind of label pressure or things you've had to kind of deal with externally as well so with this being a lot more diy a lot for more for yourselves i'm sure there's a lot more freedom in just everything that can still feel kind of weird sometimes yeah no the the you know we didn't have a label and we did the second record so we just wrote it you know and we did it in our own time so I don't know. Take over, Jeff. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm trying to think of some stuff right now. I was uh, like, yeah, yeah, I want to hear what, what you think about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you said, um, we didn't have a label. We didn't have a plan. We didn't have like, and like you said, people must've been asking. Nobody was asking me about motivation. Like I, I didn't know that anybody cared, honestly, like, uh, people, you know, were rediscovering Thursday and, and we were out on tour all the time. And, you know, it was like the weirdos who would come and be like, what about no devotion? And I'd be like, oh, cool. You liked it. That's so, <laughs> I'm so glad there's somebody that got this record because, you know, because, because permanence came out and basically disappeared immediately because of the label. So it was like such a weird, because the buildup, like permanence was like about to blow up. You know what I mean? Like the singles that came out got a lot of play. We had a ton of listeners and like going into that first week, it was like, it was really working, you know? And then it was just like, kaboom. Like everything that could have happened happened. And, uh, and I went down like this dark rabbit hole of drug addiction and like, you know, it's just kind of like a perfect storm of, of terrible. Uh, yeah. And I, th- I think that's when, when that happened as well as when I think me and Lee processed everything that happened to us before permanent, you know, like permanence was basically a way of us distracting ourselves, you know, from, from the reality of what, what happened. Yeah, I don't want to say the word denial exactly, but I do think that some of the guys were in fucking full like head and sand, like it's it's okay, I'm gonna be okay, and it was kind of like, are you fight or flight syndrome? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. are so, you gonna be okay? I don't know because like this is pretty heavy. Everything that just happened to you, so that kind of hit. Yeah, so the first song I wrote was stalling, <laughs> which <laughs> after about a year of like you know taking all the, everything in. I sat down to write and the first thing I wrote was starting and you know, that that's a pretty, 
pretty, <laughs> pretty good indication of where I was mentally, you know, like at that point, you know, like that's the tr- trouble. You do these kind of interviews and people ask, how are you feeling? You know? So she's like, ah, everything's great. Everything's great. And it's like, no, we were, <laughs> you know, that's why, you know, it's like, there, there's a reason why there's only me and Lee left. You know what I mean? It's like, it took a lot on everyone. I understand why people couldn't come back and why they didn't want to come back. Like, I think I told you, like when I played with Thursday in LA, Jimmy couldn't watch the show. You know, he, he literally couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he came to hang out, but like he couldn't watch the show because it's too painful for him. You know what I mean? So, you know, so when he said he couldn't do no devotion any longer, I was like, of course you can't, you know, of course it's okay. He just doesn't want, he didn't want to put himself through that again. So. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I reached out to Jamie a couple of weeks ago, but um, I didn't hear anything back. And then I saw, um, I saw Mike in Pontypris. Yeah. I saw Mike Lewis <laughs> in Pontypris, like you do. Yeah, I was talking to Mike as we were walking through Ponty Town Centre and we saw Jamie's parents there. So we had a chat with them, but yeah. Aww. Fucking mad. Yeah. 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 I miss Wales, man. I miss Wales. I miss it. I want to come back. It's like a second home for me now. I love it there. I love Wales. I love it. I love like it. Miss yeah. it too. Well, yeah, Jeff, yeah, yeah. Jeff, you are an honorary Welshman. There's, um, there's, there's probably thousands of Welsh bands that owe you everything. So there's, uh, <laughs> there's that, I suppose. So fucking hell. I can name a lot of them. Yeah, Jeff, come move here permanently and become king of king of the uh, Welsh music scene. Oh, yeah, that's what permanence is about. It's about becoming a permanent resident of Wales. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> there we go. But no, you, you both mentioned a couple of things there that I wanted to touch on, and especially like obviously with it just being three of you now in no devotion. I mean, obviously a lot of things with Mike and Jamie leaving that is totally understandable. But just like on a on a personal front. For, for you guys, was it ever a case of wondering if, if No Devotion should be a band or starting a, a different project or anything? Or was it just kind of, you know, it, it needs to be what, what it is and perfectly understanding that Mike and Jamie wanted to um, maybe not do music anymore? I think when we started writing the second record, the doors were still open to everybody. You know what I mean? And then as we just c- continued to write more music it just seemed clear that nobody could really process it or do it. You know what I mean? Have time to do it. So it just naturally kind of just turned into the three, you know, the three of us. It was as simple as that, really. You know, it was just, there, there was a time where I don't think we ever considered not being no devotion, but we didn't know how to do it. You know, we are like, do we wait for people to put parts on? What do we do? You know, and then we, we just kept writing and just kept going and, there's certain songs on a record where like, there's not even the bass guitar on it. You know what I mean? I wrote myself out of my own band. <laughs> just because <laughs> just, just that's the way we kind of did these songs. We didn't think about anything like that. We just thought about how, what's the thing which like, is the most like, emotionally resonant for us right now and which one do we feel the most, you know? And that's really the only kind of like following our like, true compass, you know? Like, you know, falling true north was the only way we could really go with this record. I play keys on some songs, you know what I mean? I might play guitar on some songs live. It's going to be where it's going to be. And that's, that's just kind of where it is. Yeah, that's super exciting. I can't fucking wait to see man, multi-instrumentalist still going fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Fucking keyboard, fucking piano, fucking yeah, theremin. I, I mean, that would be great. You know, you want to play theremin? Oh, get a, get a theremin. Get a fucking theremin. I tell you what, I tell you what music's missing. Fucking theremin. I know, I know. <laughs> Have you considered a scratch DJ? Because like I, I, I they, they, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to bring them all back. Like, there's not yeah, enough you want DJ. to bring back scratching. Yeah, 
Yeah, hundred percent. There's not enough scratching in music for my liking, but yeah, it's and they're they're impossible to find to join the band. So I, I tried to start a project where I wanted a DJ involved. The starting age for a scratch DJ nowadays is fifty plus. So yeah. <laughs> you're fucked. Like yeah. nobody owns yeah. nobody owns Technics twelve tens anymore. It's not happening. It's all CDJs now. Like they're crazy kids, but fucking yeah. traction. Like talking about Mike and uh, Jamie for a moment again. Like I suppose them kind of leaving in that way is much better than you all being in a band and being on tour and then fucking, you know, one of them doesn't want to do it anymore and then it causes friction and there's arguments and there's all that. So I guess in a way it was kind of a blessing that it happened that way. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it happened so gradually and so kind of glacially, you know, it just, it, it just, the, the solution just kind of came, you know what I mean? And, you know, like I, I talked to Mike so many times about it as well, you know? So, you know, it's, it, it, it was just the right thing to, to happen. I mean, there was one point, I think the only contentious point. So like the two points, one, the first one was we all said like, maybe that's one and done, you know, maybe permanence was such a crazy, that was such a crazy thing that happened. Maybe that's just it. So we were ready to accept that until Stu sent me what would become starlings. And I was obsessed. I was obsessed. Like literally, I can't tell you, like I would take out my phone in cabs and just listen to it while I was driving around and stuff and think like, oh yeah, this, I love this. This is so like, and then halfway through the beginning of the record, when Mike and Jamie were pretty clear that they weren't going to be involved. And, you know, we've never had a, a steady drummer, even like since Luke left before permanence, we haven't had a steady drummer, you know, like, uh, obviously Phil is the closest we've had since then, but even he is like kind of like a little in and out, you know, for, for some of the stuff he's been doing this past years, which is amazing. Like loved seeing where Phil has gone in his life. I love that kid. He's amazing. Like, uh, you know, kid, uh, but you know, I, I love Phil. He's a beautiful person. <laughs> yeah. We're all old now. What am I calling anybody kid for anymore? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, there was a moment where it was like, like, I think Stu turned to me and said, like, is this a Jeff Rickley solo record that we're making? And I thought about it and I was like, it's so clearly a no devotion record to me. You know what I mean? Like, this is like so clear, like Lee's fingerprints are like all over it. Stu's fingerprints are all over it. Like, it really is a balance. It's not me. It's not me calling the shop at all. And to me, it just felt like okay, it's not permanence. It doesn't have like all those big sunshine moments and anthems, but this is clearly already there on permanence, right? Like, why can't I be with you? Break, Grand Central. Those three songs show that we always had this in us. And I don't think that this means that this is always what the band will sound like either. Like, you know what I mean? This, this project, it's going to be what it's going to be. Maybe we'll, who knows? You know what I mean? We could write a crusty record and I would be like, yeah, black metal, that sort of fits. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I, I don't really think it's going to go there, but like, I just think that, that you can sort of just into it. Is this no devotion? You know what I mean? That's the question you ask when you finish the song, not before. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. It's totally understandable. Mentioning that kind of how the craziness of the permanent cycle. I'd like to dive into that a, a little bit more because when the band started, it was during a period where there's so much going on personally for all of you, really. Obviously, you're dealing with the end of Lost Profits Thursday. We're still broken up at this point and just, just a lot of changes in life. And just in hindsight, do you feel like you all needed this album just to kind of try and move on 
from everything going on in life as an escape. And do you think there was a lot of pressure internally for you to be a band that were always doing something during those years compared to now where it feels everything's much more relaxed and you are doing this much more as a passion again? Yeah, I, I think um, 100%. It was, it, was, it was the thing which got me through. You know, just like Jeff said earlier, like, not denial, but just kind of like blinding yourself with work. You know what I mean? And, you know, like, luckily for me, like, I never got addicted to drugs or anything. So, like, work is my drug, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Which is just as harmful sometimes. You know what I mean? Because I won't stop. So, that, that first record was definitely born from us all just trying to process what happened and not having to deal with it all because we're so busy doing things there was certain pressure within the band to be a certain kind of band, you know, like we need to be like a giant big arena band kind of thing. And clearly that's not where our heart lay. You know what I mean? Moving forward. Cause not to sound gross, but we kind of did that thing. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, we were lucky, we were lucky enough to experience that kind of thing. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go back there. You know, for everything I enjoyed about that experience, there was a lot I didn't enjoy about it, you know? So I was like, for me, like this needs to be, slower and i don't just mean musically i just mean the pace needs to be slower and it needs to be truer to who i am and true to who my friends are it needed to be a lot more personal and passionate you know like yeah authentic really yeah that that was it for me and then meeting jeff i feel like we can fucking we have the same kind of thoughts on a lot of things so it felt really easy to, to be with jeff then leave that, that's the thing with lee like this band is the easiest band i've ever been in As, i know it takes a while just in, in, in the thing of like, in the case of us all wanting the same thing, I'm actually willing to let go of songs, which other people might think are good. We're not, you know, we're, we're like, nah, it doesn't fit. Move on. You know, like, whereas in other bands, like we have to do that song. It's like, but it doesn't fit. No, we have to do it. It's like, but it doesn't fit the aesthetic. It doesn't fit the band. And you just force feeding things into bands sometimes, you know? So with this one, it just felt, you know, like I said, 100% just personal and, and yeah, absolutely. The first record helped us get through everything. <laughs> when we talked about that possibly being the only record from No Devotion, the beauty that I saw in it was like, these guys lost a lot and they were proud of permanence. And so to have something that you could like say like, look, like I am a musician. I make music. You know what I mean? Like maybe my legacy and everything that i've worked for for 20 years is not in the place where it deserves to be but like i am a musician and and i and i and i am a great song you know for those guys like i didn't i don't write any of the songs for no devotion i write the lyrics or whatever but i don't write any of the songs and so just to stand on the side and watch that be like these guys know how to write songs it's insane you know what i mean it's just like they can't it's like it really is wild to be like well that's why their band was fucking huge that's why they were huge. Like these guys, it feels like they don't have to try very hard and they just write these insane songs. So um, that felt really good to me. Like that no matter what, that I knew that these people that I really care about, I've come to really love them on a, on a deep, deep level that I could be a part of like giving them something to be proud of after like everything they've been through. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that's why there was even a discussion of like, okay, this has been really brutal we have this one really beautiful thing to show for it. Maybe like, is it time to, you know, is it time to walk away? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe that's all you guys needed was to not leave the playing field 
with like all your goals being ruled out, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Um, so that's, you know, that was kind of like the thought for a while, but then it just became like, look, if we do vibe this well, why would we stop making music together? It just doesn't matter what anybody thinks at this point. Like we're just making cool stuff that we love. Let's keep doing that. Do you remember when you guys met or how you met? Cause I, I don't think I've ever. I mean, we probably met a bunch of times on like different tours, you know, like and high fived or like, but the first time I got really sort of like hung up with Jeff was 2012 on Warp Tour. He was doing uh, acoustic set on that show, right? We, we played a show somewhere and we just hung out at some after show party and like spent hours talking. And you came on the bus and we just spent hours talking and they just kind of, Oh, look, I know we, really cool. we kept going to see title fight together. Remember that we kept we're yeah, like, yeah, we, this young yeah. band title fight. They're so good. We got to go see them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was just a real kind of easy thing. And then, you know, mutual friends kind of when we, you know, when we started no devotion, we didn't know where it was, you know, like we, we had like mutual friends who were like trying to get us together, you know, and it just kind of, just kind of happened like that. Like Jeff, it was gradual. It was gradual. Cause like, so I have a friend who owned this restaurant called mission Chinese food and I would hang out with him in there a lot and we would like talk shit and play music while he was cooking. You know, I just kind of hang out at the path in the kitchen and help like pass dishes through or whatever. And, um, and their friend Karen came in to eat and she was just like, you should sing for their new thing. And I was like, Karen, I don't think I have it in me to weather the storm of being in front of the press with these guys right now. Like that's, that's a lot, you know what I mean? They've been through a lot. It's, it's pretty wild. I really do like, like those guys, Stu and Mike are sweethearts. Like I really feel for them. It's, it's awful, but also like, you know, like respect, but I'm not like, I I don't want to sing for a band like lost profits. It's not my thing. She's like, just, just listen to the, she was so confident. She was like, just listen to the demos. Like just listen to the songs. I was like, sure, sure. Yeah. Send them to me an email. And they sat in my email. I, I, I feel guilty about this. They sat in my email for like a month or two. And I didn't listen once. And I was on tour with Vinny from Movie Life. We were doing solo stuff. And I mentioned that I had this email somewhere with these songs. And he was like, dude, you got to play it. Those guys know how to write songs. You got to play it. Like, just let's listen. And we listened. And it was so not what I expected. It, like, it blew me away that I had made such assumptions about what it would sound like. And when I heard it, I was like, I didn't know what to say. Like after the whole demo played, we were just sitting there in silence. And I remember Finney being like, well, if you're not going to do it, can I do it? (laughs) 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 This is amazing. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you that you haven't called these guys yet. Like you're crazy. And we listened again and I was just like, I'm sorry, Vinny. I am going to, I am, I actually am going to call them. Like I kind of put vocals over one of the songs like at home, just like on the laptop with no even microphone. I sang into like the keyboard, you know what I mean? I sang into the the whatever. And I got a call back that was like, why don't you come out and meet them is what I got from, from Karen. Why don't you come meet them? I was like, cool, I can come meet them. You know, I'm not committing. I'm coming to meet them. And when I showed up at the airport, they were all there. They picked me up and took me straight to like the recording session. Which is my bedroom. (laughs) <laughs> like which is the size of this living room the size of this like back area here and they were all standing around watching me sing into a real mic and me being like what the hell is going on here <laughs> yeah. kidnapped kidnapped yeah. into doing a record bastards yeah and they were like what else you got and i was like i don't have anything else 
they were like, no, you got more. You got more for the other songs that we sent. You know, I was like, I really don't, guys. I don't have anything more. That was the song that spoke to me. And they were like, well, here's another 30 demos. Like, find one you like and we'll do it tomorrow. And I was just like, these guys are nuts. But then that's how Grand Central. <laughs> like, literally, the next morning, that's what we did Grand Central, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's the just final like, vocal. all right, it works. You know, we're wow. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the vocal from Grand Central was the, the vocal he did in my bedroom. Whoa. You know, like, the, the, like, yeah, and it was, like, perfect straight away. I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I remember when, yeah, when you kind of first started the band, and I remember Mike asking, did I know anyone who would be potentially good for it? And, yeah, I put people forward, and then, yeah, when I found out it was Jeff, I was just like, this is fucking brilliant. This is two of my favorite bands ever are fucking combining <laughs> to make a fucking... A brilliant group that sounds like neither of those bands are fucking <laughs> awesome. Combining to bum out all their fans across the world. <laughs> no, not at all. You, you know how fucking permanence was received. It was fucking like it's it's brilliant. And like the new song so far, like they've got they've got a fantastic response. How how are you feeling about the response you've had so far off the new songs? So what I keep saying is it's not going to be a wide section of our audiences that love the new record, but the, it's going to be a very deep section. Like it's only going to be the people that are like, this is everything I ever needed to hear in my whole life. And I love it, you know, but it's going to be a very particular sort of bummed out part of the fan base, which that's who I am. That's who Stu is. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're like, Classic, classic overthinkers, you know, like just kind of pondering everything all the time. It's a good record to kind of like reflect to and, you know, and kind of. It's a headphones record. Yes, yeah, the headphones record. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of what I've always been. I've always been that kind of guy, you know, the headphones guy, you know, the, the, the producer, the, the guy looking for layers, the guy looking for just emotion and sound, you know, like so far, like the people who get it, get it. And I think people looking for like, Permanent Sunlight Part 2 might be disappointed, but I think the people who actually love Permanence for Reels will love this record, I hope. Yeah, I haven't seen, like, yeah, like, I haven't seen anything fucking negative about it at all. Like, I, I think I've seen is positive. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised by, like, yeah, how good it, you know, how, <laughs> how positive it's been, because <laughs> I thought people would be like, what the fuck, you know, because, you know, but yeah, it's... Yeah. Is that yeah. a Welsh thing? Is that a Welsh, yeah. Is <laughs> that a Welsh thing to be like, I can't believe anybody still fucking likes it, but I can't get over it. This is fucking. I think so. I do. I do believe that. I think we talked about that last time. I do think that's definitely part of it. You know, like there's a healthy amount of like being beat down in, in Wales. Keeps you hungry, keeps you humble, you know, stops you from getting above your station, which can be good sometimes, you know, and other, for other people, it can, it can be too oppressive. So you, you got to know when to like kind of respect that people's other you know other people's opinions and when to ignore it at the same time you know you've got to make your own mark gerard way was uh shouting the boys out the other day on stage that was fucking that's magical as well big supporter gerard yeah ever since permanence he brought us on that tour and uh gerard's been great to us and you know gerard really gets it gerard's like whether or not you like My Chemical Romance I think it's becoming clear to everybody that Gerard is a real visionary you know between like his comic books his TV shows his, he's like he's a visionary he knows exactly what he's doing he's never tried to do something and not gotten exactly what he wanted out of it it's it's he's a really beautiful artist so the fact that he really gets it um, is is such a great endorsement 
It really means a lot to me. And I have to say, I just have to say something about whales real quick. Go for it. <laughs> okay, Go for so it, please. No. <laughs> um, I had a really, uh, I had a friend who I really respect who does like a little bit of like a, um, a little bit of like a late night show. And um, I like a metal, like basically a metal late night show. And he was, he heard the first two singles and he wrote me and said, Hey, I think this is actually really special. What you guys are working on. I don't, you know, I don't think he knew about permanence or anything. He's like, I just think this is really special. There's something going on in these songs that is so authentic to like, you know, the stuff that I grew up on and it's so real. And he's like, the, honestly, the biggest thing that I can't believe is I can't believe that you guys aren't a British band. Like, I can't believe that you're not, you know, he's like, that you're a bunch of fucking Americans making this music is such a crazy thing. And I said, you do know that I'm the only American in the band, right? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, the, the whole band is Welsh except for me. Always has been. He was like, uh, what did he say? He was like, oh, well, then Bum's your uncle or something like that. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like very very uh, happily surprised but he was like how is it so authentically gloomy you know and i was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, come on. that's what we do right lads yes <laughs> straight uh, straight out of ponty that's why but um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> but but uh, also on the end of that kind of first cycle, something I wanted to touch on was obviously you guys won a Krang Award for Best Album in 2016. And I'm sure in many ways that must have felt like a giant win for you all at the time because not only knowing that the album is going well, but the kind of peers within the music industry all accepting you for this kind of fresh start and enjoying the music as well. That was incredible. We didn't think we would even get nominated. So we, we were like, let's just go. Cause we're probably never going to have, never go to one of these again. Let's just go. Let, let's have one last kind of like say goodbye to everything. Like at that point, we'd already kind of decided permanence was maybe a one out done at that point. You know what I mean? So it was like, let's just go top this off with a bow. You know, we're not going to win, but like we'll get to see our friends and it'll be fun. Then we won and it was like, holy shit. You know, then it was, it's kind of depressing at the same time because <laughs> you know, you're like this, this, this is one and done. We're done, you know? And I think Jamie would already left at that point. You know what I mean? So it was, it was really bittersweet time, you know? And but to, like you said, to, to realize we, we were accepted again was probably the biggest thing for me, you know? Cause at, the, at that point I still felt like I was completely scorched earth. You know, you know what I mean? You know, and you know, after everything that happened, I, I was shouldered a lot of responsibility. You know what I mean? I, I still do to some point, but like, that that really kind of 
helped heal me a lot. That that's the thing, you know, like, you know, I, I think the the biggest thing with the two note devotion records is just healing, healing, healing for me. After the first record and everything happened there, that's what the second record is all about. Just being able to like not focus on things, you know, and, and just just kind of just make music for the sake of making music. That I, I think that's all no devotion is ever gonna be is just like kind of a very you know, a very personal kind of like notepad. You know, you know what I mean? And like, hopefully that other people can kind of peek into and get what they want from it, you know, and hopefully, you know, it's not just the, the mandarins of a crazy man, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I mean, musically, you know, Jeff's always on point, but <laughs> Jeff, Jeff somehow managed to make all the music make sense, you know? So, yeah. My only job in no devotion is just, is just really like, nah, I don't like that one. No, not that one. Yeah, that one's cool, but it doesn't speak to me. No, not that one. Like, and then I find one that I'm like, oh, this pushes all my buttons. Like, you know what I mean? So I just kind of like, I think I help prevent, since it's Lee and Stu and they're such great songwriters, I think I help prevent it from ever being just, even, you know, even if this record, you could hear it and say like, oh, it's so slow. It's so self-indulgent. I don't think, I don't think it is. Like each song that was picked to be on the record is because like when I heard it as an outsider before I was singing on it, I said like, this does it for me. This, this hits my heart. And like, if it hits my heart, it's going to hit somebody else's heart. And hopefully, you know, by the time I put some lyrics on it and some vocals on it, I haven't like hindered that ability of the music to connect emotionally. And instead I've hopefully like given it a little bit of a megaphone where like that intent that I see in it glimmering in the background. I hope that it's like, you know, I'm saying it out loud. This is what's happening, right? Like this is the story and this is why you should care. You know what I mean? That's, I kind of see that as my job is not to like, Oh, I made it a great song. It's like, no, it was in, it was all in there. I just, I found the gems in the collection of stones they gave me. That's basically like how I see it. It's like, I'm, I'm the, I'm the critic. I think they bring <laughs> me this stuff and I'm the music critic. And I go like, nah, fuck that one. Like, it's a great song, but I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel anything that I've never felt before. You know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you're, you're all doing a great job with it. And as much as you guys are saying, if this is such a personal outlet for you, it's nice to see how much fun you're all having kind of with just the release of the record in general and filming music videos and stuff like that. And just even putting out bloopers, the, uh, the clip of the guy mowing the lawn behind you when you were trying <laughs> to do a very serious moment cracked me up. And I'm sure... There's little things like that you can all appreciate now. Yeah. That guy was incredible, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, too, like some of that, I, you know, I'll try not to make this all about it or anything, but like some of that is, um, you know, my partner, Liza, did a lot of the videos on permanence. And, and now that, that repeater's video she made. And um, she's a, you know, she's a, in New York and in the food world, she's a pretty famous documentarian. Um, she's won Emmys and stuff, you know, she's really good at her job. But one of the things that she really does is she just wants to show the hidden side of the personality that people don't usually let come out on camera ever, because it's like, it's who you actually are. It's not who you are in front of the camera. So she waits until she gets those moments. And so like, there's a little sneak of that in the video itself that it almost looks like an outtake happens in the middle of the guitar solo where we're all laughing. And it's not like, it's not the like serious music part of it. And that's what I really love about working with her is that she finds a moment where she's like, these guys are all silly. You know, I want to put that in the video. Like, even though it's sort of a sad song, like, this is who these guys are. They're like, they're basically like they found some happiness, you know? So like, let's, 
let's show the world that they're like actually pretty happy people now, you know? And um, I think that's probably good because as artists, we always focus on like the more serious side of what we're doing. You know what I mean? We can't help it. Like that's, we take it very seriously. All of us take art pretty seriously. You know? So it's good when somebody can remind you, Hey, we're all having fun here. We're fucking musicians. Like we don't have real jobs. It's amazing. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that bit in the video, we were all smiling. It literally made me smile as well. So, uh, <laughs> thank her for that. Because, yeah, seeing, all, seeing you lot happy made me happy. So, yeah, please thank her for that. That was If awesome. these guys can be happy, anybody can be happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, and that's just because yeah. they're Welsh. That's just because they're Welsh again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're not painting a great picture for anyone who's who doesn't get the Welsh banter here, but... Uh, same all day. <laughs> <laughs> now, Wales is amazing. You know what I mean? It's just, we just have a very kind of unique look on life sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean, give me a little, right, little look there. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, is that yeah. what it is, Sean? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great, but yeah. Honestly, unique, cracking. right? Yeah, I'd much rather be in Merthyr than Florida. Yeah, it's fucking cracking. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bite your tongue still before you get in trouble. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with all that as well, I mean, obviously you guys are very busy outside of the band. As you've mentioned, Thursday, I have a lot of shows planned for the rest of the year as well. But like, what is your plan going forward now with No Devotion stuff? Obviously, you were supposed to come to the UK earlier in the year and due to a lot of things that can happen. So, I mean, is there kind of a... a a schedule or a kind of to-do list, a, a hope list of what you're trying to want to do with No Devotion when the time presents itself? We we have some ideas. Yeah, we have some ideas and it's a huge priority to get to, to the UK and especially Wales. Um, when we tried to get over there around 2000 trees, you know, and I was so sick and couldn't come and all that, you know, and all that, it, it happened in the States too. Like, I mean, it, I couldn't get rid of it and I just ended up sick again and had it, you know, it was, it was, it was sort of a nightmare, but actually it goes back even further, which is that the record was supposed to come out uh, in the spring of this year, much earlier this year, but I fell off the stage and broke my ankle. And the only time I could get surgery to get screws put in was right when we were supposed to go out on tour with cursive and we were supposed to have like our first single come out on that week. So everything just got like pushed back. So basically like we're trying to make some plans and also not, be too scared that like the curse is back you know what i mean the the no devotion curse is upon us and uh just from now on anytime we do something cool there'll be like a price to pay for it in the form of like jeff taking you know taking it um to the body but uh but uh but no yeah we've got a few different opportunities on the horizon and we're just trying to decide what the best way to do it is because i'm just starting to think that maybe like maybe we're not just a band for a rock club. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it's more of like a little bit of like a, a, a immersive art experience or something like that. I don't know. That sounds so pretentious that now I just want to off myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. When you said, when you said originally about, um, yeah, it not seeming like um, it's for clubs. Yeah. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I instantly thought of something like I, I get imagine seeing you playing like a museum or like a planetarium or something like, projecting fucking space and shit onto the ceilings and you know I, i'm not saying i want to come in as production manager hey. but hey if you like unpaid gigs you'd be great for that 
But, yeah. Fuck. Can you work for yeah, free? That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Sean, that's a great idea. Can you pay us? Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. What's um? What's the what's the plan with Thursday now as well? Because as I said, the tours just seem to keep coming. You're doing these shows with Mike Cam. You've got like uh, when we were younger. Fest as well, right? Fest as oh. well, if I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It's all going on. So what's, yeah. the, um, what's the plans moving forward with all of that? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's quite a thing, man. I, um, you know, I think right before COVID hit, we tried to break up the band again and say, like, the reunion tour was amazing. That was really beautiful. Thank you for everybody that you've given us. Like, obviously, that's over. We did a reunion and we played the records. People wanted to hear and that's it. Like, nobody wants to hear more from Thursday. That's it. That was, that was really nice. And then the next day after our last show, we got a call from my environment saying like, you actually can't break up the band because we're getting the band back together and there's nobody else that should be playing with us except for you guys. Like you produced our first record and like, yeah, this is stupid. Why are we not playing together? And we were all like had an existential crisis where we were like, we just told everybody we're breaking up the band again, but obviously we should do this. So we were just like, well, fuck it. How many times has the cure said it's the last tour? You know what I mean? Like basically every tour for the last 20 years has been the last tour for the cure. So we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just do these shows with Mike Hammond. That's it. Right. And then while that happened, we suddenly getting all these like offers that we've never gotten before to do festivals for like insane money. And the money isn't the thing that gets you just, we need money that, that helps of course. But the fact that people are offering more money and there are more people coming to see you makes you sort of start to realize that like, something's going on with the band and a whole new generation of people are discovering it. It still matters. And actually like all these weirdo records that I wrote through the lens of like post-structuralism, post-colonial Marxism, like all this weird stuff that nobody else was doing in emo that at the time made it so that we had like this glass ceiling of like, you guys are too weird. You're not singing straight up about girls or whatever. Like, it's just too weird. You're not going to make it. And suddenly this whole younger generation is like, that's cool. You guys are weird. You guys are cool. You, you don't fit. Like we love that. And it just feels like I told Mikey from my chemical romance. I said, like, I think the reason that it's going so well for both of us is both our bands died completely. And now we're in this afterlife where people have accepted us into heaven. And now we're in like, we're in like rock and roll heaven and we're just getting to like chill. It's cool. I don't know. I said something similar to Mikey. Like when, when they came over and did those shows earlier in the year, um, I was lucky enough to uh, go and DJ the show. So I was playing songs in between bands and I managed to get placebo to dance to the Venga boys. Yes. Placebo. I didn't even know they could fucking smile, let alone dance. Venga boys. They were dancing behind the stage to We Like to Party by the Venga boys. Anyway, I remember talking to Mikey and realizing that how important it was, not just for them as people as well, to be doing these shows but for the crowds and for the British rock scene as well. Like, it was just so amazing. And, yeah, they've just, yeah, like you said, like, them taking you out is is fucking so brilliant because, you know, they, I'm not saying that they wouldn't exist without you, Jeff, but, you know, they should be handing you off a big bag of cash every <laughs> night after tour, shouldn't they, <laughs> Jeff? Cut? Well, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that um, recognition is my big bag of cash. So I feel like I've got, I get that every night. And that's so beautiful. You know, I just, people being like, you did a good job today and you helped make music better. You brought My Chemical Romance into the world with them and you brought Touche Amore into the world with you and you did this. 
you're a good boy. That's all. That's kind of, you know, I'm a sucker for that. I <laughs> <laughs> Praise kink. Praise kink. I like it. I like it. Nice. Oh, God. No, but it, it's the Mike Ken thing has been great to like see like a, you know, for the last couple of years, we've had like this kind of mainstream rock music, which is not rock music at all. You know, I'm not like throwing any, you know, but it's like a guitar with an 808 beat isn't rock music. You know what I mean? You know, in the traditional sense. So seeing like Mike Hem come back and proving that like it still works, you know what I mean? And, and it's still one of the most exciting things to see. You know what I mean? Seeing lots of people on stage, like that's not to invalidate any other music, but like it, it's, it's not written off. Like people wanted to just write it off. Like, oh, that's, that's in the past. It's like, no, it's still completely vibrant, still bringing people together. Like you said, I, I, th- I think it's definitely going to open doors for a lot of bands again. And maybe, uh, maybe make bands not scared to be themselves. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like for the last couple of years, we've all heard bands trying to write quote unquote hits that don't sound anything like the music they would usually do, you know? So I, you know, I'm hoping like it's going to give confidence to like bands again. That was one of the things when, like when they came over here and they brought out, um, they brought out that new song, Decay. And I thought this is awesome because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a million percent polished, like every fucking band in the world does at the moment. It sounded fucking like fucking, I, I, I it's terrible for an audio podcast, but um, I can physically <laughs> make the face. But um, yeah, it, like a, vi- a vitriol. It had like a vitriol, like a fucking sting to it and like sounded fucking gritty. And I love that because so many fucking records are coming out and they, yeah, they just, yeah, they just sound too fucking polished. And that's, that's what I loved about them coming back. It was, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, even music, which, you know, shouldn't be polished, is polished sounding now. Punk records sound polished. Everything sounds polished now. And it's kind of, it's like, look, certain genres need to be fucking scruffy sounding to, to, to resonate. You know what I mean? And I, you know, yeah, I, I agree. As, as a producer myself, like I have a hard time trying to tell bands, hey, you don't want to actually sound this polished. It's actually going to make you sound worse and give you like less of a actual, of a shelf life, you know, because it's going to sound dated sooner, you know? So yeah, you know, because like what sounds polished now will sound dated next year, you know? So I think the, the the more authentic and the more real you can sound, the better. I have to say too, yeah. Like I I, I saw a Facebook, um, you know, some producer that I follow was in a, a Facebook chat about how quote unquote bad the new My Chemical Romance sounds. I can't believe this band with all this money sounds this bad. It's bad. Like all these producers going in talking about how bad it is, and I thought how spectacular it is that this huge collection of rock and roll producers could miss the point by such a big margin, which is that the biggest rock band in the world just came out with the song that they clearly recorded in their fucking garage. Like that is fucking epic. That's one of the coolest things. I think they like all of them are missing the fact they just did the coolest fucking thing they could have done. Hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, guys, it's so nice to see you just out there making music, having a great time. Um, I really appreciate you both doing this again. Um, before we go, uh, this is actually our 200th episode. And Holy I shit. think Sean would agree Woo. with me that the two of you individually have probably been some of our most important guests for the podcast. And I just want to say a massive, um, just make sure you both know how much impact you've had individually on our lives. Jeff, every time I see you, I'm always going to thank you for 
that interview you did with me in 2014 for Rachel Cardiff, where you spilled everything <laughs> out of the bag where you weren't supposed to do. That helped my career <laughs> massively. So thank you very much. Stu, when you came on the podcast and told us everything, it blew up. So thank you for being so honest uh, with us and just oh, friends in general. It, Thanks for listening. And uh, obviously your bands mean the, the world to us and Sean can, uh, can talk for days of all the onstage mayhem he's experienced with both of you and all the inspiration and all that. So yeah, just thank you for everything. <laughs> yes, he's right. Um, our episodes together that we've both done separately have been fucking brilliant. But yeah, that episode with Stu, probably the show I'm most proud of because we got to talk about that um, fucking horrible experience. We had so much that, feedback. That show was, that was so good for me, man. Getting to talk to you was so good for me. Like, so good for me. Like, I, I can't thank you enough for like, what I did no, for man. No, thank you. No, thank you, you know? mate. Honestly. Yeah. I, genuinely, I genuinely yeah. wouldn't have any of this whatsoever without you and, <laughs> uh, and, lost, and lost profits. And that's a fact. That's literally a fact. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably, well, fuck knows. What was I doing prior to finding music before Lost Profits? McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I bet McDonald's are fucking kicking themselves over me finding <laughs> fucking Lost Profits because they were like, oh, he was good. He was one day going to be the face of the fucking clown. But no, I got, I got to do this. Here we are now. And yeah, the amount of people yeah. reached out to us after that to thank us, which was mental. Like they were thanking Stupid. us for, for um, yeah, you know, making the band seem in a more positive light. And yeah, it's literally, yeah, thing I'm most proud of that I've done because, yeah, without you guys... I would have had nothing. So both of you, thank you very much. And yeah, like I can't stress enough how, how Thursday lost profits and now no devotion have been inspirational in, um, in everything I've been involved with. So thank you both very, very much. You are fucking literal legends. Legends. I say, I accidentally call most of our guests legends, right? And I don't mean it. Take that, other guests. Oh, I've ruined oh. it. <laughs> yeah. I've got a, I've got 197 mm. other episodes now of people fucking texting me going, oh, my God, it's a you fucking prick. But no, you two, you two have played such a big part in my life and I will forever be grateful and indebted to you. And I cannot wait to see what comes next for you. You both deserve the fucking oh, you guys, world. you're going to make us fucking cry over here. We love you guys. Thanks, Thank dude. You. I love you. Love you guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm fucking crying. Don't worry. <laughs> oh. I'm not far off. Yeah. I got my glasses on. You can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> no, nice, honestly, yeah. yeah. Honestly, guys, thank you so much. I'm so excited for this new record. Lovely to talk to you, and hopefully we get to do something again in the flesh yeah. sometime soon. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Bye. You listen to podcast! Yes. Ooh. Absolutely fantastic chat with two beautiful human beings who I genuinely owe probably everything I have and I've had in music too. So thank you very much again to Jeff and to Stu. Stu became like a brother to me during the times that uh, Lost Prophet and the Blacker went on tour. And then Jeff was kind of like a distant older brother, I guess, in the background because I was in love with Thursday and everything he touched, you know, from him helping to create my chem as well. So thank you so much to those boys. As you heard at the end there, it was a proper love fest. We appreciate them fucking greatly. And you should check out No Oblivion the moment this podcast ends. <laughs> you should queue it up for afterwards if you're listening on uh, 
Spotify or anything. But yeah, appreciation is the word for those two. We love them so, so much. Their music has impacted our lives. So many people in the scene's lives and just as humans, they've helped us out with so many things. So thank you again to them for taking the time to talk to us, to being so open, being so honest and mention a lot of things that they probably wouldn't talk to anyone else about just because of the kind of relationships we've had with them in the past. As you mentioned, the new album, No Oblivion, is out now on Felicity Records. There's some nice vinyls on different places as well. Uh, check your local record stores, because I know Banquet Records in London have got a special variant of colors. So mm. go worth checking that out and uh, <laughs> adding to, to your collection. Fingers crossed they uh, tour in the UK soon. And we can have a giant party together. But um, I wanted to quickly say, obviously, uh, Lee Gaze is not in this episode. We have so many requests to get him on the podcast at some point. We'd love to do it, but we just don't want to push him too much. And we'd rather him be really comfortable to come on the podcast when uh, he's in the best mind frame and the space to do it. But if you really want to see Lee on the podcast, let him know and let us know at Sapping Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, tag him, tag us, let, you, let us know what other guests you'd like to hear on the podcast, what you thought of this episode, and anything over the last 200, really. Um, let us know if you've heard all three of the episodes now, including Jeff, Stu, and this one together. If you've listened to th- those three episodes, though, you are then legally obliged, not legally obliged, to uh, join up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin where there's a whole bunch of benefits for you to get back for your support and all the money goes into helping make this podcast bigger and better and keep us going. So yeah, normally, (laughs) normally (laughs) I have to read the names at the end out, but because it's the 200th episode, we've done a topsy-turvy and we've, um, we're going to get Morgan to read it out. So all we've done is we've told our Patreons in advance (laughs) that Morgan would be reading today. And because they've listened to three episodes, they know what his reading's like. So here we go. <laughs> uh, I I have not I have not looked at these in advance. I have no idea what's gonna come from this now. Uh, I I'm quite scared. So um, I've had a, I had a quick read. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I was thinking about leaving early. It's gonna take you some time. It's definitely right. gonna take you some time. Okay. Um, okay. But. Uh, no, go on. I, I will wait. Some are in foreign languages. Good luck. Oh, God. Well, before I get into it very quickly, just to mention with our Patreon as well, we're going to have a lot more celebrations with our 200th milestone uh, in the next few weeks. We're going to be looking to do a giant Zoom party with everyone yes. online, having a chat and stuff. So if you want to get involved with that, let us know. And I've been looking at merch ideas, and we're going to be having uh, some votes and stuff on the patreon as well so if you want to get involved with that get all the news exclusively first that is patreon.com forward slash happening but uh if you read the description of this episode there's loads of names there that we thank <laughs> but now i need to read out the elite members of our sapling podcast patreon community and i'm scared Thank you very much, Kylie Weir, Wheeler, Mayumi. Oh, you Mahusi. fucked up the first one. You fucked up on the first one. Unbelievable. <laughs> and it's not even one. It's not even one that's been changed. It's one that I say every week first. Um, it's and you fucked like, it up. Number one. Here we go. We're in for a fucking night. Oh, get a cup of fucking hot chocolate on the go now. Morgan's off. You go, buddy. Come Thank on, you fella. very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mahusif Leaway, Paul. 
Thanks for 200 awesome episodes and 200 challenging wanks, Hirschfield. Mitch Perry, <laughs> Tony Michael, Dilly, I thought this was OnlyFans, Grimwood, Kelly Irwin, Natasha Morris, Nathan Crawshaw, Emma Barber. Pff, oh, that's a language I cannot read. It's I got 200 in it. there. I think, no. got, I think you've got to try it. Nope. I know that's Sam, so thanks, Sam. Kat Besson, Aww. Dana Lasnever, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood. They're going to be up in arms. They're going to be up in arms, but I don't think you can get away with this. Hungara. Hungara. See, I feel like it's... I feel like I'm going to This say- is the problem now with it. No, no. I, I, this is where I am on your side, right? As much as I, I see both sides, right? The, so the patrons have written out these things in foreign languages, right? Which are probably funny sentences about, I don't know, I've got a cock on my head or something like that, right? <laughs> But can we afford for you to read them out and then it turns out one of them has said something that gets us lots of trouble? Yeah, probably not. Um, so <laughs> thanks, Scott. <laughs> thanks, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Tom Owen, Stuart McNaught, M. Evans Roberts, Stephen Ashton, Carling Robertson, Kate Putter, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Kelly Emma Cannon, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, another foreign language I'm not even going to try, Emily Perry, Jason Heredia, John and Emma, Kalila King, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Ollie Ainsbury, uh, with another sentence in a foreign language, but it says the word Sean, so God knows what that is. Josh, the tongue twister champion died. He was run over by a red lorry, then a yellow lorry. Then a res lorry crisp. Uh, Alice, well. yeah, <laughs> Alice Wood, Gary White, Reese Bowering, Kate Stevenson, Kyle, sorry for the cut off David Smith, Connor Lewis, and Kat Robinson. Thank you very much to all of our patrons for the support. Sorry for not reading those languages. Again, I'm scared. Yes, I don't blame you. I was also <laughs> scared for you and us. Um, I also want to thank all the patrons. And former patrons who came to see Raiders in Bridgewater last weekend. It was great to see everybody. I fucking love that. And seeing you all hanging out and driving together and meeting up. And it's fucking great. So thank you very much for your support with this podcast, with everything we do. At Sapling Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and all of that nonsense. And uh, Sapling! Sapling! Went a bit weird in the middle, I minded. So... You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>